0: This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Balata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Happy Sunday and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, dating coach, matchmaker, and founder of singleinthecity.ca. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have you been single for a while and you just can't seem to get anywhere? Well, tonight, I'm joined by a leader in the matchmaking industry, and she is no stranger to the Dating and Relationship Show. And uh, her, along with myself, we are ready to share our expertise to help you get past this. okay? Her name is Arlene Washburn. Hey, Arlene. <laughs> and uh, she is a master certified matchmaker, a science-based dating and relationship coach, creator of the Get Real, Get Love Coaching System, and founder of AV Connections. And she has so much amazing knowledge to share with us tonight, guys. So tonight's gonna, uh, we're going to be discussing the biggest things that might be keeping you single and how you can change uh, that mindset. Thank you so much for joining me again tonight, Arlene. I'm so happy to be here. Can't wait to get started on this subject. I know it's an important one, right? So important. So, so important. I think I know. So let's start off with uh, the first point, I think. And this is an important one. So many people think that they don't deserve love. Okay. So I just want to, you know, before I get you talking, I just want to say this one thing. Everybody, every single person on this planet, and that includes you, deserves love. Okay. Sometimes because we don't consider ourselves lovable and valuable, we build up this, you know, protective wall to stop us from getting hurt. You know, we start believing that. We don't deserve to be desired or loved by anybody else, even when we seem to have strong feelings of attraction towards someone. So Arlene, what can you say about this? How people think that they, you know, so many people think they don't deserve love.
0: Yeah, that, that is a definite problem. I work with a lot of women who go through that. When they reach a certain age, and they haven't had success, they start to think, well, maybe this is not meant for me. And I agree with you, Laura. I I believe everyone deserves to love and be loved. And part of it is that they start to develop, or maybe they already have what the differences between the mindset of a growth versus a fixed mindset. So a growth mindset is someone that looks at whatever is happening and the results that they're getting and looks for another method to achieve their goals. Whereas a fixed mindset will just say, you know what, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say that if you have a fixed mindset, you can change that because rather than maligning yourself or giving up, uh, look at what you're doing and find better strategies for achieving your goals. And that's where people like us come in, you know, matchmakers, dating coaches, et cetera. Um, But definitely, uh, sometimes the problem that created the problem uh, or the mindset that created the problem can't solve that problem. And you need to seek some help outside of yourself. And that's a paraphrase on a quote from Einstein.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I would say low self-esteem is probably uh, the culprit, too, in the majority of the cases. And, And, you know, feeling that feeling of being worthless or unlovable you know, maybe due to negative experiences with a previous partner or childhood trauma? What can you say about that?
0: Yeah, I think when I work with clients about getting them relationship ready, the main thing that we try to do is to let go of all of the emotional baggage that comes from your nuclear family, like your parents and what you saw growing up. And then how you start to recreate these problems in your own relationships, because that's kind of what we do, Um, not to get too much into the psychology of it all, but a lot of times we recreate the issues that happen for our parents and try to have a different outcome, but don't have the skills to do that. So that's part of the challenge. It's really important to let go of your emotional baggage, and that means that, for example, someone who has had a relationship where they were cheated on, now they go forward thinking, "Well, I'm looking for the cheater." You know, this is this person a cheater. The thing you focus on is the thing that you get. So focus on what you on what you want, not what you don't want. So that's a start. How can people get to
1: that place where they are able to get? Um over or let go of some of those negative thoughts that may be clouding their mind, like day in and day out?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. There's a number of systems that can be utilized for that, including hypnosis. Um, But I always am a big proponent of a very simple thing that you can do. and, And that is every year, you should be spring cleaning your belief systems about everything, including your love life. So when you look at your life and you see things where you're areas where you're not having uh, success. Maybe you need to look at the beliefs that you have about those things and then make a choice to believe the thing that's actually going to support what you want to achieve because the mind doesn't know what's truth, what's fact. It just believes what you tell it. And then I like to recommend that people keep with them a little evidence journal. And so once you make a choice to have a new belief, every time you see evidence of that new belief, you write it down. Writing down has a certain energy that goes with it. And it starts to really imprint this new belief into your system. And that's just a small way of doing it. There's other techniques, but that's the important thing because what you believe is what you say and it's what you do. So You're basically saying practice mindfulness. Mindfulness and also, yeah, being very aware of how, how you're thinking instead of just letting those scripts um, run in your subconscious, being more aware of what it is that you actually believe and then realizing, wow, this doesn't, like, if I don't believe that I'm worthy of love, how is that serving my goal? So stop believing that and tell yourself, I am worthy of love. And every time that you experience love from someone or kindness or anything that remotely seems like love, write it down and you start to see that evidence and the mind is able to, you can, you can tell your mind whatever you want it to, and it, it believes you. That's why when you're watching a movie, you react to things that you know are not really happening. It's because the mind is accepting the information that you give it.
1: Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I think it's important to nurture your relationship with yourself before you can open your heart fully with somebody else. How about staying away from negative people or anyone or anything that undermines your sense of self-worth?
0: Uh, that's such a great point, Laura. Boundaries is huge. Um, and I know that it's sometimes difficult because sometimes the people that are toxic are are family members. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like We can't choose those. <laughs> exactly. But you yeah. can create boundaries and learn to communicate those boundaries so that you're able to limit how much they penetrate your bubble of what you want to accomplish. And I also, and I'm so glad that you brought this up because you also should hang around with the people who have already achieved what you wanna achieve. Like, you know, I I love that because you're the sum total of the five or six people that you hang around with, you know, on average, right? So if if you're hanging with people who are movers and shakers and getting things done or who have a certain mindset, that rubs off, just like divorce is contagious right? If you hang out with, you know, if you're a couple and you're hanging out with people going through a divorce, that can be contagious. It's the Same way that you can get good skills or good things from other people.
1: I had a friend tell me once, she's like, "Lori, you have to get married. I haven't been married yet. Okay. I, I actually didn't want to be married when I was younger. And now I'm at a place where if I fe- I'm like, I'm dating someone now, but I feel like if I do meet that right person, I would be married. Um, but she used to say, Laura, you have to get married at least once. You have to get married and get divorced. We all have. And I'm thinking, I'm not getting married with the intentions of getting divorced. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so here's the bottom line. When you finally make the choice to accept yourself as you are and love yourself unconditionally, completely and deeply, okay, pretty soon you're going to be attracting people who will be able to love and accept you in return as well. Thank you for all of that beautifulness. Oh, and you know, (laughs) and um, just another quick story. You'd be surprised at how superstitious some people can be. I have a friend who blames karma for being single. She thinks she doesn't deserve a good relationship because she treated her last boyfriend like dirt. So the universe is retaliating by keeping her single as punishment. (laughs) I'm like, no. No,
0: that's really funny. I know.
1: All right. The next one is I don't deserve love because I'm not attractive. What do you want to say about that?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, if, if you are looking at yourself in the mirror and you feel that there are changes that you want to make that are going to make you feel better about yourself, then just do it. Because I think people, you know, have these ideas and they don't act on them. But the mindset that you have is that I'm not attractive, right? So if you feel like you can make yourself more attractive then go ahead and do that and then your mindset will be like oh I look great I look better now and that it's almost like a makeover from the outside in
1: yes and I have something to add on this as well but we're going to take a quick break so we'll continue with this conversation and then we're going to chat about the difference between being too picky and settling and so much more we'll be back
0: are listening to the dating and relationship show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the dating and relationship show on AM640. I'm your host, Laura Vellata, with my special guest, certified matchmaker Arlene Washburn, discussing why you are still single. Before the break, we were discussing uh, the fact that people don't think that they are attractive enough to find love. Now, this is what I have to say on that. No matter what you may believe, okay? You are 100% not too unattractive to be loved. There is love for everybody. So next time you go out, right? Just pay attention and notice, take a look around. You're going to see that there are so many different types of people out there, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, people with different facial features. I mean, no two faces are the same. There are people out there who may look so beautiful on the outside, but they may be completely ugly on the inside because of their behavior and how they treat other people. Or maybe they don't have like a, a brain in their heads or they're incapable of loving anybody other than their beautiful self. Like, I, you know, personally, I've been through something like this. Have you like, I've dated guys where they were so beautiful on the outside. And then after a few months of dating them, I'm looking at them going, you're ugly because of the way you treat me and just the way you treat other people. Have you ever gone through a situation like that?
0: I I definitely have met men that I thought were like, oh my gosh, beautiful. And then intellectually, they were just not at the level that I need because I am very much into (laughs) intellect as one of the criteria for compatibility for me. But I agree with you, Laura. I mean, I believe that there's a lid to every pot and it doesn't matter who you are and what you look like. There's somebody out there for you. And I, it breaks my heart when I hear people giving up on love.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what? Try to find like-minded people who share your passions. Do you ever suggest that for your clients?
0: Absolutely. I think, you know. Yeah,
1: because sometimes that enthusiasm can be very attractive, you know?
0: And attraction is not just looks, right? Because when you meet someone, you may find that they're not immediately attractive to you. However, once you're around them and you see their mannerisms and the way they communicate and um, how they smell, like their scent, you know, there's so many things that go into attraction that is just, it's not just looks. And I would say, even more so for women, we tend to be uh, more into the other stuff beyond the physical. I know that men and women are both, you know, put a lot of weight on a, attraction, right? What people look like, but women can overcome certain physical attributes when there are other systems in place. Like, is this a very successful person? Not, not because you're a gold digger, but because you're looking at it in awe, like, wow, look at their success. And I mean, there's studies that prove this, right? So it's not always just the looks, So I I think it's really important for people to understand that they just need to put their best foot forward and be the best that they can be. And if that takes effort, put the effort in because it's well worth it when you have that special someone in your life. And then just get past that mindset so that you can be successful. Because if you think you're not attractive, you're going to act a certain way and you're you know, confidence is like one of the top things that people look for. And if you don't think you're attractive, you're not going to be confident. And therefore, you're not going to be as appealing. And it's not going to be the looks it's really your attitude.
1: Mm, I totally agree with all of that. And you're right, unless you can learn to love yourself and be confident in who you are. You're really not even going to be able to fully love someone else, I think, you know, and, and people can sense that. And, and trust me, when I say that, healthy minded people don't want the drama, I've having to deal with, you know, emotional baggage, unless they're filled with emotional baggage themselves. Don't you agree with that?
0: Oh, yeah. You, you usually attract what you're Who putting you are. out. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah, exactly. All right. So people are so picky, Irene. <laughs> We're matchmakers. <laughs> we see this. Okay. So what's the difference uh, between being too picky and not settling? Okay. There's a difference between the two.
0: <laughs> huge, huge difference. And um, I was just somewhere uh, the other day and a, a young lady mentioned that she was really picky. And I said, please don't use that word. Like think about when you tell someone that you're picky, what are they hearing? They just start to go through ideas in their head about you. It's not that you have these high standards They're not thinking, oh my God, this is someone with high standards. They're like, okay, this person's this or that. And I'm not gonna mention those words. But I think it's really important to be clear on your standards and your criteria, and then to date strategically and intentionally in order to attract the type of people that you want in your life. And most of the folks that are out there being picky are basically dating aimlessly, getting into dating fatigue, and just waiting for that person to show up, but there's not a lot of strategy in what they're doing. So I would say if you implement the strategy, the pickiness will go away and you'll be able to vet people more effectively.
1: I love it. Okay. So you can't put your finger on it, you know, um, why they're not good enough. Um, But that's one of the signs that you're being too picky. So do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah. So not being able to put your finger on something and not realizing what is it that maybe that's off, that means that you probably want to continue to see someone to figure that out because sometimes it's not about them. It's actually about you. Sometimes what we find that we don't like about someone is really a reflection of us Mm -hmm. or it could be that you're just not giving people enough grace, right? Because on first dates, for example, people are nervous. They don't, you know, not everybody's great at first dates. In fact, I would even caution you a little bit if, if somebody's really good at a first date, you might be like, oh, okay, that's cool, but maybe this is a player. So let me just keep an eye out, you <laughs> know, not to be negative, but like most people are just nervous about meeting a new person. So give people grace. And until you can pinpoint what the issue is, I wouldn't give up on something as long as somebody is not someone that repulses you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think if, if someone if someone you started dating is just not your type, but you you just can't come up with any actual reasons, why not? Like why? Are they not your type? I would suggest that that's being a little bit too picky. Um, or maybe you just don't know what your type is. And then you have to obviously, you know, write down, well, not obviously to some, but to us, <laughs> write down a list of the non-negotiable qualities, you know, traits that, that, that will make you happy, that, that are so important for you, like, you know, having a fun personality, maybe um, having a good sense of humor, being compassionate, someone who's going to treat you well. And if someone doesn't have those qualities um, that you are looking for, right? Then, then they're obviously not your type. But if someone has all the qualities that matter the most to you, why not give them a second date?
0: Uh, it, yeah, and, and Laura, about giving people a second shot, I have been surveying couples that have been together for over 20 years. And mm-hmm. I will say that it's usually the majority of women But I will ask them, did you find your spouse attractive when you first met them? Were you into them right away? And I can't tell you, like, I would say almost 80%, if not more, say absolutely not. I wasn't even going to think about a second date with this person. So for all those people who are going on a lot of first dates and not giving people grace and not going on second dates, you might be missing out on your soulmates, because I believe there's more than one. Um, because you're being too um, quick to judge and the same way that you are quick to judge you you know people are going to judge you as well so I think it's really really important to pinpoint what the issue is like you were saying before about if there, you just can't put your finger on it get your finger on it because then you're going to learn something about yourself and you're going to learn something about what makes a great match.
1: And it's amazing. Yeah. And I love all of that. And it's amazing what you can learn about a person when they feel more comfortable around you. I mean, I've been in situations like that before I dated. um, The last guy I dated was so timid and shy, and I wasn't going to give him another chance. But then after a few dates, he really started opening up and he was funny and humorous. And we had so much in common. So I, I, I mean, the physical attraction was there and I wasn't going to give him another chance, but I did. So I'm really glad that I did. So yeah, <laughs> I, I hear the story often as well. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I know you wanted to say something.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So another sign that you're too picky in your dating life is you're writing someone off because they don't check all of your boxes. So what do you want to say about that?
0: Okay, that's a great one, because first of all, half the time when I talk to people about all the boxes, um, the boxes are not a great strategic area for them. In other words, oh, I'll give you an example. I have to have someone who has a higher education. Okay, does that mean that if I introduce someone to you who has a huge business, who didn't go to college, who is articulate, smart, world traveler and very wealthy would you not give that person a shot oh well in that case that's different so now you're online and all you're selecting are people who have this higher education guess what you're missing out on all those other people who are super successful who don't have that so ticking all the box i mean if the boxes were accurate and strategic for dating which most people don't have those great boxes then I would say okay yeah fine go along with that but by, by the way even if they don't take all the boxes you no, nobody's perfect nobody's going to fit your avatar of perfection uh you know I, I like to call it the um build-a-bear um situation right like you want to create a, a, a something like a Frankenstein no that x all of that but you know what I'm trying to say right not oh so yeah, bad. I totally
1: so and bad. I totally agree. I think people get so fixated on a quality, like you know, height, for example. So let's just, I'll give you a scenario. So let's just say you meet this amazing guy, you spent, you know, the last couple of hours with him at a bar or something, you guys are laughing, he's got you pissing in your pants, and you know, you guys are vibing, like you're thinking, wow, like you know, and then he stands up and you're like, Oh no, he's short, shorter than I wanted, he shorter than I expected. Okay. I'm all for being picky and that's fine. You don't have to settle. But also I suggest that you don't write someone off that could be a perfectly good fit for you um, just because they don't check all the boxes, okay? So I think you should focus on someone who makes you smile, someone who makes you feel good. Like, And so if everything else is there and
0: yeah, he's a little shorter than you expected, does it really matter? What do you want to say about that? Oh my gosh. That is like in the U S there's only about 14% of the men who are over six feet tall. And then how many of those are actually single? And then how many of those would actually fit, you know, the bill of what you're looking for. And then, you know, so you just go on and on and basically all you're doing is creating the smallest pool possible. Why most of the women who want men who are six feet taller or taller, are very short women so yeah five it's two raising <laughs> yeah. okay it's time for
1: us to take a quick break and after the break we're going to be continuing our conversation on what's keeping you single stay with us
0: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. It's Sunday night. You're listening to AM 640 with myself, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. My special guest, dating coach, uh, Arlene Washburn. We're getting back to our discussion on what's preventing you from finding love. You believe a perfect person is out there you have impossible expectations. Would you like to say about that, Arlene?
0: You know how I feel about the word expectations. You, if you follow my social media, I, I've eliminated that word out of my vocabulary because I believe expectations are disappointments in the making because most of the time an expectation is something that you think is gonna happen with, without having had a conversation with someone or negotiated something with someone. And so, That's a definite formula for, um, you know, disappointment. So I think that what's important is to have communications with people, talk through what are your wants and needs over time Mm -hmm. while you're getting to know someone.
1: I agree with that. So instead of waiting for this perfect person to show up or even this perfect relationship, maybe look for a perfect love. And that means that you'll love each other through all the flaws. Um, because they are going to happen. So don't ever look for a perfect person. Look for someone who will work through all the imperfections with you. Because, you know, when we do get into relationships, it's never going to be perfect. It it never will.
0: Absolutely. You have to find a partner who has flaws that you're willing to tolerate, because Mm -hmm. there's always the potential that they might change. But if you go into uh, a relationship thinking that people are going to change, you're setting yourself up for failure. So just knowing that you can tolerate that imperfection, you keep it moving and hopefully at some point, maybe it'll change, but it may not. And that's part of what we sign up for when we get into relationships.
1: How about the people that are fixated on qualities that don't really matter?
0: Yeah, well, we started talking about that with the height, right? Um, How does someone make you feel? (laughs) Is really Mm -hmm. like, are they dependable? Do they... Do what they say they're gonna do. Those are the things that matter. Do they share your core values? Um, Do you even know what your core values are? I can't tell you, Laura, how many people don't really even know what their core values are because they've never really stopped to think about these things. And that's why they're out there dating aimlessly because they really don't know themselves enough to be able to determine who makes a good match for their personality type. What's a good avatar for them? And then people date aspirationally, right? They have these ideas that I should have Brad Pitt or whatever, you know, whether it's based on looks or personality, but is that personality going to be attracted to you? And that's where um, it gets very difficult for people to find a match when they're just being super aspirational and not really working on themselves.
1: Right. So um, don't worry about, you know, the things that don't really matter. like things like the types of movies they like or the fact that they'd rather go hiking than take a beach vacation for example (laughs) that Mm -hmm. used to matter to me I was like it's a deal breaker if the guy doesn't like hiking (laughs) that was a deal breaker for me but it's not now right if you only consider dating people that have all the same interests than you that's going to be boring right and you are too picky and if a certain trade in a partner uh, like think about it, like in 10 years from now, is that trait going to make you less happy? Probably not to rule it out, right? And who knows, you might even realize that you love what they love down the road.
0: Yeah, Laura, I, I would almost caution people specifically not to do that because what the science and the research shows is that when you do new things together with someone, you can fall in love faster And even when you're in a relationship, if you are a couple who's starting to feel boredom in the relationship, I always encourage create a bucket list of things that neither one of you has ever done before and do that. And that will create arousal. And I'm not saying just sexual, but yes, you can also do new things sexually. But that arousal in your body, you start to get the hormones that are necessary to regain the attachment, and to bring fun into the relationship. So the reality is, is if you're looking for someone who's also a golfer, because you're a golfer, or who has to go hiking or whatever, instead of considering doing something new, you're missing out on the possibility that you might actually fall in love faster and might be maybe learn something new that you haven't done before, have more fun, and bring a little spice into your life.
1: That's what I love about you. Arlene is our science based dating coach and matchmaker.
0: <laughs> gems, gems, gems.
1: All right. Um, more things, more things that are keeping us single. Okay. You don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Life is for the living, guys. There's no point in wasting it by blindly making your way through life. So you have to set clear goals for yourself and figure out what you want. We'll want talk about that briefly.
0: Yeah. I like to give an analogy. Let's just say you show up at a restaurant and you know, you're hungry, but you don't know what you want. And the waiter comes to you and you, they ask, what would you like to eat? And you're like, well, I think I want a salad, but wait, no, I want a steak, but wait, no, I want a chicken. I what do is this waiter?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do that, but only with food. Cause I know what I want when it comes to a relationship. I do.
0: Yeah, but so it just like, even as an analogy, right? Like, what is this person going to bring you? They don't know what to bring you, but then you say, you know what? Just bring me what you think. That's, those are the people that are out there just waiting for something to show up and that hopefully they will like. What if the waitress brings you uh, octopus or tripe or something exotic that they think, wow, this will be amazing. And you get this dish and you're like, oh my God, I don't want this. Now you wasted a lot of time. And this is exactly what people do in their relationships. So you need to figure out what is important to you. What do you really want? What are your needs? And then align a person to that. We have to take one last
1: quick break, Arlene. But when we come back, we're going to be discussing a negative mindset. We're just going to go deeper into that. We kind of touched on it, but we're going to talk about it a little more in depth. We'll be right back.
0: Single in the city.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640
1: Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with my special guest, science-based dating coach, Arlene Washburn. And we're getting back to our chat on why you're still single. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so this one is really important. Keeping your ex on a pedestal. How many people do that? And I promise you guys he wasn't that great or she wasn't that great, no matter how awesome your mind has made them out to be, they probably weren't that great, or maybe you'd still be with them and, or maybe they are great, but they're just not a good match for you. What do you want to say about that? Artie?
0: You know, this is where I, I really love when people journal because our brains have a way of recreating history and making it a lot more palatable to us. And so we start to, I, you know, idolize a person or some past experience and turning it into a more positive experience than it actually was. But when you journal, you actually can go back and read what you were actually feeling at that point in time. Burn. You know? So I think that putting an X on a pedestal is a really horrible time waster because when you consider that while they may be a great person and you may be a great person, we, as in the third entity that is your relationship, we were not right for each other. We are no longer together and we are not a good fit. Whatever it is, assign the blame to this third entity, whether the person is great or not. And then when you go around And I think you alluded to this before that no two people are alike. So if you're using this avatar as the model for everyone else, nobody's ever going to measure up to that because there are no two people that are exactly alike with the same qualities. So it's a big time waster. And this is how people get to be, get older and older and older. And they're not, you know, settling into a relationship because they're using all these different things to keep themselves single, essentially.
1: I was one of those people. I really did. I idolized my ex for like eight years or something like that. <laughs> but I kept thinking about all the good times. You have to make a list of why he he or she, they weren't good for you, right? So uh, important, important, important. All right, let's uh, get into your negative mindset and how your negative mindset is keeping you single. So this one here, thinking all the good ones are taken, as a matchmaker, Arlene, what do you want to say to people?
0: Well, you can think that all the good ones are taken if you've met all of the people, <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 Most of the time, the people who say that all the good ones are taken are not even putting themselves out there. Let's just start there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's impossible
1: for every quote unquote normal person on the planet to be unavailable. Uh, (laughs) You know, like not every good person is taken. Okay. It's not. And maybe you're chasing after the wrong ones and thinking that, you know, they can give you what you want. And then you don't appreciate all the good ones that come your way. People don't seem to think of that sometimes. All right. And then negative mindsets, just assuming that they're not going to like you. How many of us do this? look, oh, they're too good for me. I can't, oh, too good for me, Mm -hmm. too good for me.
0: This is why it's so important to work on your self-love, self-care and self-esteem because the relationship that you have with yourself is the relationship you will keep forever. Mm -hmm. And so you need to start there in order for you to be more successful in the dating arena and, and then hence the relationship arena. I'm not saying you have to be perfect before you start dating or to get into a relationship, but always be improving. I feel like if you're not growing, you're dying. And we are a work in progress until the day we die. So it's really important to have that self-esteem, have that self-care and all that good stuff, because that's going to make you a better dater and a better partner.
1: It all starts with us. All right. How about the people that overanalyze everything? You analyze their texts. The the things they say and how they say it, you know, and I think instead of being on this constant alert and trying to figure out exactly where, you know, this person stands with you, maybe ask yourself why you feel the need to date so defensively, you know, maybe you are have an anxious attachment style, for example, you know, like, what are you trying to protect? And how can you release whatever fear is driving you? I think
0: it's, we have to dig deep. Now, the minute you said overanalyzing everything, I thought about an anxious attachment style. And one of the things that I find often is the people who overanalyze are the people who are not asking questions. And so you're just assuming a lot of things without really having those conversations with the individual that who's in your life, right? So I think it's really important to learn to communicate your needs and to learn to ask questions in a manner that is not off-putting, so that you really understand someone. So for example, if somebody says something to you, and you didn't get it, you could just turn around and say, you know what, can you say that in a different way? It just didn't land. I didn't didn't get what you were trying to say with that. Or something where you're just questioning so that you get to an understanding, and that way you're not constantly overanalyzing, because overanalyzing, is like an independent thing that you do It doesn't really involve the other person. And a lot of times it doesn't really involve the other person's, um, intent or actions or anything. It's just you in your head.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have time for one more, but I like this one a lot is, and I want to know how you feel about this as a matchmaker, but there are so many people that I come across that will say to me, and they'll argue with me as well Is well, I'm not looking for anything. I'm just going to wait, you know, and, and, I'll meet them somewhere. Like so they don't even try. What do you what do you want to tell people that don't even put themselves out there? They're not being proactive at all.
0: Yeah, if you're not being proactive, you're going to reach a point in your life that if you really want that relationship, you're going to settle. Because if you're not being proactive, time the time is ticking and ticking and ticking. And then when you reach that point of no return, then all of a sudden you say to yourself, you know what, I just need someone and they settle. And it's, it's, it's so detrimental because you could be, you know, when you're proactive, just like if you go to college to get a degree, you start dating strategically to achieve your relationship and then you focus on nurturing that relationship. This is not forever. Just put some concentrated effort, get it done, and then move on to the next goal in your life.
1: Yes, and you guys have to put yourselves out there. Hire a matchmaker, attend singles events. Whatever you need to do, let all your friends and family members know that you're single and to keep an eye out for you. Arlene, what a beautiful conversation. Where can people hire you or learn more about you?
0: I'm always on IG. So if you want to reach out to me at Arlene Washburn, I would love that. And we can take it from there. Just DM me or send me a message on uh, comment, whatever, whatever is easiest for you.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, you can check out my website, singleinthecity.ca, as well as check out my upcoming events in the Toronto area. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. And every single week, I appreciate all of you. Ciao for now.